As it's often said, children don't come with their own manual, nor is there a parental guide that matches the child or children you have. And there sure is no one-size-fits-all parenting guide. And the big one? As long as you and your children are alive, you are still parenting. You know, what we all could use as parents is parental information, ideas, and solutions that help us better understand what we got ourselves into, planned or not. Oh, shit. I'm a parent now. Let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast. In the wild. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. You know what? I was jumping into this one because I was prone to get into this one today. And it is In the Wild. And that was inspired by uh, some weekend shenanigans with the family. Um, Got a chance to uh, hang out with my little nephew um, and his little buddy this weekend. And, um, of course my niece and all the whole family was in town and I was so happy to have them here and it was a great time, but, um, I've been taking these opportunities to observe, uh, you know, definitely the things around me, especially when kids and uh, let's see, he's probably four, gosh, I get the ages wrong, but I think he's four. And his little buddy's like three and a half, about to be four. But they uh, they run together and they run hard. And so I found it fitting to uh, to kind of jump into this because I seen the way um, when we were at the park, um, and I seen the difference between parenting, and I seen how, um, like my niece, that's. Uh, her son. And I know how I've been with her obviously since birth. And I got a chance to kind of take part in her raising. And one of the things in raising her and, or being around while she was being raised <laughs> basically with all my nieces and nephews, um, I got a chance to rough them up on a regular basis. I felt that was a real big deal in their upbringing. You know, uh, sounds sounds mean, but, you know, a hey, opportunity to uh, knock their knees down and make them fall. That was so much fun. And I, I gained that behavior when I worked at the Boys and Girls Club. But let me open up with this. I always open up with this uh, quote, and this one uh, resonated with me. Tell me, and I forget. Teach me, and I remember. Involve me, and I learn. Let me play, and play hard. Then I have lived. Ben Franklin. Inspired by Ben Franklin. Inspired, I should say inspired by Ben Franklin. Remixed by J. Roman. And the last part was added by me, and that is, let me play and play hard than I have lived. I've seen both sides of the coin working at the Boys and Girls Club. Play hard. 
And one thing that my job was, was to uh, set up games, watch over games, play games with the kids, uh, set up kickball, organize. I was organizing all day activities. So if I was the activity director, okay, that was my title. But I was kind of like the activity director watching over if kids are what they're doing and how they're doing and stop fights if they were necessary or, you know, resolve conflicts. But I loved my job at the Boys and Girls Club. It prepared me for parenting in so many ways. And this was one area, in the wild and letting them play. I was a Boys and Girls Club kid myself, and I'm truly grateful for my many years of being there because I, I, I signed up the second I was eligible, right? I think it was age eight, maybe six or eight, but that made me eligible, and boy, I brought the, the, the application over to my mom. Sign it, sign it. She didn't even know what she was signing, but it was signing me up for the Boys and Girls Club because I just knew that it was my destiny to be there and, and, and stay involved, and I stayed involved there until I was at least 25 years old. So I spent many years in the organization, and the one thing I got was uh, from one of the activity directors who, um, his name is Joe. He had an, an orthodox way of watching us, taking care of us, but it was so effective, so effective. He created a sense of fear because he would, now this was back in the days and I'm not even sure if he still gets away with these kind of things, but it was back in the days and Boy, he would find ways to step on our foot on purpose, find ways to punch us in the back or trip us. Or, you know, when we're playing a game of pool, it would get physical for no reason. It was like if we were beating him or he would find a way to put us in a headlock and, you know, throw his knuckle on the top of our head. You know what I mean? Or he gave us the, the freedom to kind of, step up on him, but boy, did he take the opportunity to slug us and do whatever. But man, it was so effective. You know, it, he, he urged, I mean, he looked forward to the opportunities. We used to play this game at the boys and girls club called war ball. And, you know, in terms, it's usually called dodgeball, but we called it war ball. Why do we call it war ball? Because there was technically no real rules, Right. I mean, it had the rules of dodgeball, but man, there was no it was like close range, whatever you want to do. And he was always up on the line, ready to play and just staring us down, ready to 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 take us out with a ball. And I found that was pretty good therapy for me, too, because by the time I became an adult and played war ball, um, yeah, I would say, hey, let's go get up. Let's go start a game of war ball. Let's go. And boy, I would make sure I was on the opposite team of these kids that were on my nerves today because I just wanted to use that ball to knock the shit out of them. Oh, man, that was the greatest opportunity. And I would do it and I'd feel good, but sometimes feel bad because, <laughs> you know, but no, these kids were absolutely amazing because. Having the opportunity to get in each one of these kids' lives and see how they were raised. And some of these kids came tough. 
that was natural, right? But some of these kids came timid and didn't know how to get involved in games and would take things personal and things that we would say to them, you know. But Joe, Joe was quick to put us back in line and toughen us up and making sure that we were on the straight and narrow. And, yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you for, excuse me, helping raise helping raise this young man and send him on his way. But with those lessons that I learned at the Boys and Girls Club, play hard. We did everything. We played hard. Games, whether it was we had these games, uh, uh, carpet pool. I think that was one game we had where you throw a, a ball to the other side to knock their ball, and it was kind of it was a it was a form of uh, um, like shuffleboard, right? You know, where you slide the puck across on top of some. Um, some cornmeal and you slide it all, you know, and it was very gentle and graceful. Uh, carpet pull was just like shuffleboard, but, you know, you're throwing pool balls and you're throwing them across because it was carpet. So I don't know if that was by design at the Boys and Girls Club to find ways to toughen up kids, but it seems like now that I look back, all the games that we had were all based to build character. Build character. And I want you to understand how important building character is for your child. We can't shield them from the world. We can't. If we do that, we are setting them up for failure. And being gentle on their way to their adulthood, you're clearly setting them up for failure. I promise you. I promise you. And you know, one thing at the Boys and Girls Club we did is, and I still to this very day, and all my nieces and nephews, you play a game with me, I am not letting you win. I am going tooth and nail, and I am not letting you win. And I did that with my kids, all of them, all of them. And I've seen that so effective because it created amazing people. You know, this this. Now, I'm just going to put this out there. I think it is absolute bullshit that you sit up here and every kid gets a trophy for participation. No. If you didn't win the championship or no. And I thought in even my kids, when they were playing sports and and it was just at the edge of them playing you know, getting out of these little young sports and they they were just introducing this kind of participation trophy, this little thing that looked like it was from the dollar store or a little, you know, my kid was playing um, competitive soccer, right? And they got to a point that they gave them a medal just just for being in the tournament. I can promise you that medal got thrown in the trash real quick by my kid. It no, he wasn't having it because it wasn't the first, second, or third place medal. But this medal that came after third place, this uh, uh, thanks for being in the tournament participation medal. Oh, and I'm so grateful my kid was like that. He took that medal and practically threw it in the trash. That's what it was worth to him. As it should be. 
I think it's a load of crap that we give these this uh this little participation and everybody and we're 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 concerned with everybody's feelings. Well, you're not helping your kids' feelings by sitting over here and coddling them up until they're adults. You're not helping them at all because I think that's due part what's what's man, I am going on a tangent with that one. But it's simple. At the Boys and Girls Club, I didn't let any kid win. If you beat me, you beat me outright. And that made them smarter, made them play harder, sometimes got them to team up on things. How do I, hey, let's figure out a strategy. How, how are we going to beat Jay? How are we going to beat him? Like, we got to find ways to get him. It created teamwork, too. So amazing. It didn't just settle the mind that, oh, I'll just give minimal effort and I'll get something. No, man. Come on. Never let them win. You're playing a game of chess cards or uh, arm wrestling or something physical. Never let them win. They must earn it the entire way. Back to back to even my dad. My my daughter is a beast. Do not let her win. She'll see right through you. She will see right through you. That is probably one of her biggest pet peeves. Don't let her win. And it created her character because now she she fights for something. She goes for it. And she can see and she can see through weakness in a snap and within seconds she can see your weakness. She's going to win. She's going to find a way to win. We still play, you know, home games here at home, and we play them hard, too. And sometimes we go forever because the next person, I I, I didn't win enough. <laughs> I need to win. I'm not going to just lay back and just chill with that. You know, playing hard is is one of the biggest things, you know, I loved watching my child play soccer, but I hate watching soccer on TV. I'm going to say it right here, right now. I can't stand male soccer, men's soccer, because they're a bunch of floppers. And they'll sit there and, this hurts. And then they're way they're in agony and pain. And then within two minutes, they get up and they're just fine. Wait, you were just in complete agony and pain, and you really shook off the pain that fast. You're kidding me, right? Oh, watching that, oh, watching men's soccer frustrates the mess out of me. And so watching my child play and realizing that in cases I didn't let him win, my son, my children knew when they were playing a game Soccer, basketball, whatever it was. If I seen one of them try to flop or whatever, they knew they were going to get it when they got to the sideline or got home. I think that I think one of my children tried it once. And boy, did he get it from me on the field while he was playing. All the parents heard me get up there and said, get your ass up. Don't you ever fall like a little again. (laughs) 
almost went down a road with that one. But I was hot. I was so hot. Don't you dare flop in this game. No. No. That's not happening. Don't you flop in basketball. Don't you flop in soccer and do this little pretend stuff. Like, no. That's not how I raised you. You kidding me? And so, um, yeah, um, that turned out pretty good because now my kids get upset at that. They can't stand floppers. You know, there was something I used to play with them all the time. We used to play this game called Escape. This was a game that I felt was going to build character, was going to help build some more of their character, was going to add to their um, uh, sense of, uh, how do I say it, not to fear. Think your way out. And the game was called Escape. Let me explain it. When they were really little, I'm talking like to when they could walk, walk around, and especially if they can talk mess and explain and understand what I was saying. This game was appropriate. Now it's time to play. The first one I used was my daughter, my daughter and my son. The youngest one obviously was too little at the time, but I did it by age appropriate. Okay. And this is how the game goes. All right, child, you want to lay on your back or your stomach? Uh, I want to lay on my back. Okay, lay on your back. And then me, dad, would get on top of them. And I would put an arm up under their leg and then an arm underneath their head. And then I would lace my arm up over, over one of their arms and then I would latch. And then I would put my knee or something like that, but I would trap them under my body and I would find ways to kind of wrap an arm, a leg, or make sure that I had it in a place to where it wasn't easy to get out, right? So just kind of entangled them in my body, okay? But they were still, they were, they still had the ground and I didn't pick them up. So this was nothing, you know, this is clearly on the ground. And so I just kind of put them in sort of a pretzel form, but me kind of all woven in. You you get the point, right? Okay. So I would give them the opportunity. I would say, okay. And they're like, you know, it's kind of me. I'm hugging them too, but here it is. All right. Get out. Find a way out. And they would, okay, move an arm, move a leg, right? And, you know, try to wiggle. And I was like, okay, get out. And, you know, they wiggle and get and try to push me off. And I say, no, 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 no pushing me. Just get your way out. Weasel your way out. And they're there on there trying again and moving this and moving that. And, okay, let me get over here. And my daughter was stealth. She was just, just, I mean, into it. Like, didn't say a word. She just bared down and focused the whole way. And focused her way out. And I, listen, I wasn't being gentle because I'm just dad and want to be gentle. No. With her, I was even being harder. Because she was so silent when she was doing it. There was none of this, you know, when it comes to one of my boys, you know, one would be all, ah, 
let me and get up you know practically almost not sometimes he would cry his way out but he'd get out and he'd fight and get mad at me and you know but he was kind of voicing his way all the way out my daughter was silent silent she would just sit there and think of a move here okay this one doesn't work all right this doesn't work okay let me try this this doesn't work okay and she would finagle her way out and she'd do it and say congratulations you made it happen all three of my kids became amazing at the game of escape of course in the beginning it may have felt a little harsh right and you know, sometimes they had their difficult times because I would increase the difficulty level. All right, lay on your stomach. All right, lay on your back. Whatever you choose, this was their opportunity to get out. And so sometimes they would choose wisely, be like, uh, huh. And then sometimes I would just come up behind them, grab them, lay on top of them, and they wouldn't even see it coming. All right, get out. That was escape. And that was a game that I felt Helped them effectively be patient, think your way out of something. So I encourage you, try it, try it, try what you can. Just try it. It's amazing. You'll get a sense of what, what, what your kid would do to get out because all three of them had different methods, but they did it. They got themselves out. Yes, escape. I, I, I recommend it. It's so fun. But in the wild, that was one thing, you know, so my nieces and nephews were over the house and my little ones were here and we were at the park. And the biggest thing, we're at a kind of a park that had no playground, just had grass, dirt, ducks and water. And I can appreciate these families that were just letting their kids run wild. Pick up, pick up grass, try eating it, taste it. Pick up that, just do it. Get dirty. Fall into the water. Get back up. <laughs> At first glance, I'm watching, these, I'm watching these parents now. I'm with my mother-in-law too. And I'm watching my mother-in-law's reaction to, uh, uh, you know, got a family over here picnicking. And the little one's probably like, three years old maybe, and he's right at the edge of the lake, the pond, and right at the edge, and he's just kind of playing with something, and the, and the edge of the pond isn't really leveled, so any misstep, he's going in, right? And I'm watching some people's reaction, right? Like, oh my God, whose kid is that, right? And these kids are like hanging on the, on a, like a, uh, like a little, uh, like a little bridge or whatever, or it's kind, of, it's kind of like a, like a little boardwalk type thing. But these kids have access to the water should they slip or whatever. And me, I'm going, well, that's my kind of parenting, man. Let that, you know, the kid's at the edge and he's playing and doesn't see his, and falls in. Okay. That's something we got to deal with, but let them play, let them get dirty, let them get just Get in there, right? I let my kids eat dirt. Yep, I let them do that. Why? Because it wasn't going to hurt them. If anything, it was going to build their immune system. It's one thing I rarely did was dust my kids off and 
No. I, I was, I go back to this, this moment where we're at the beach and I'm watching this, this mom, just daughter's diapers hanging from her butt. And she is just going wild. You know, it's got her, you know, it's just everything. She's licking rocks. I mean, just dirty as all Dickens, right? And that's what I did with my daughter. I let her get dirty. Dirty as all heck. And I found that, well, I guess it kind of goes back to, <laughs> I, there's this term, ghetto kids don't get sick. It's true. It's true because they're constantly running wild. Out in the streets or whatever it may be, they're constantly running wild. Most of the times, you know, you know, we were. We lived in, you know, single family homes, you know, with just the mom, you know, being there. And mom didn't have time to to deal with so much and let alone worry about me. Cause I remember running the streets at like six, seven years old, going being out there all day long and coming home. Uh, and before the lights came on, is that a thing today? I don't think so. It really isn't. We're too busy trying to keep an eye on our kids too busy trying to like, okay, what, 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 oh man. Oh no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, what are they doing? We got to let them play and play hard. You know, I made it a point to make sure that we did outside stuff. Do my kids get sick? Maybe a cold here and there, but it's very rare. Very rare. And even my kids be like, oh my God, I haven't been sick for like two years. Yeah. Has to be like a crazy something in the air. Then maybe they'll catch it. But when it comes to the common stuff, my kids are immune to everything, just about. And that all had to do with letting them play and play hard and be in the wild. Get dirty. I see. Uh, something sparked that, that. Kind of what sparked this was uh, seen on Instagram, and I seen one of my friends post and letting them play in the rain. Wow. I don't know how many times I've let my kids play in storms, in the hail, in the rain, freezing rain. They got out there. If they want to open the door and go look, go for it. Go check it out. Man, they got out there and they were playing in the rain and neighbors were looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Your kids should be in the house. Man. Like, shut up. Let them play. And play they did. Sometimes they got out there and wet their pajamas. All right, well, we got to deal with that. And mom had no problem. Mom was like, okay, well, there's laundry. Let's let them do it. You know, I love my wife for that because she jumped in with me and let them play. We're at the beach. And our kids were fully clothed. I just remember this day vividly. And both of us are all about let them play. Now, maybe it was a part of, you know, just delusional parenting. You're just kind of trying to get through your day and you bring your kids to the beach. This is one stop you're going to make. We're at the beach and it's uh, probably like 56 degrees out there. So our kids got like um, coats on, jeans, tennis shoes, the whole nine. Because it's cold. We're in San Francisco. Um, ocean beach. It's beautiful. 
Um, but it's the foggy day and it's cold. And our kids come on out to the beach and have, you know, both of them just like, woo, let's go. All right, you guys, we're just going to kind of walk the, watch, walk the beach and just kind of, you know, enjoy it a little bit. Well, what did all three of my kids decide to do? They all decided to let a wave hit them. How did they get so close? I don't know. But the next thing you know, I got three kids with coats, jackets, jeans, uh, just getting, uh, uh, yeah, dousing, letting the, letting the waves hit them as if they had bathing suits on. Was I going to stop that? Well, you're wet now. Have at it. And play they did. I can't imagine the memories they made from that. Because it did not stop them. They were still the same people when we went camping. They were the first to jump into the lake, the river, play. Climbing trees, bumps and bruises. Getting dirty in the snow. They were so adventurous together. We didn't stop them. Play. And play hard. Then they have lived. You know, one thing as a parent, I wanted to make sure that, well, you never let us do that. You you would know, you would never. And then I could see what kind of people they are. You know, we had neighbors, you know, and we've seen the difference in how we raised our kids. And I can see my kids and Obviously, my kids were the first to take a pile of dirt and put it on top of their head. Yep, that was my kid. Well, now, well, now why, why, why are you doing that? Why, why are you taking that bucket of dirt and just throwing it on top of your head? I don't, you know. <laughs> that part I didn't understand. Yeah, go play and make mud pies and castles. And, but you wanted to take a pile of dirt and plop it on your head. I greatly appreciated that. That was parenting. That was letting them play and play hard in the wild. You know, I feel with doing that, you're raising balanced adults. Remember, they're miniature adults. Treat them that way. And they can live it that way. They'll always be ready to learn something new. They'll always want to be a part of, of, they're quick to raise their hand. And I watched this today. They're quick to raise their hand. They're quick to participate. They're quick to jump in and be a part of the festivities and live it up. Live it up, they do. And I'm so proud of that. You know, my dad had this saying. My dad always said, son, don't drive the bus. The bus will drive itself. Your job is to keep it from crashing. Mmm, I get that. Remember, biology isn't the only thing that makes you a parent. Parenting is a priceless privilege. If you see it that way, you'll treat it that way. Thank you for joining the podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Let's get back to parenting. <laughs>